your children as we stand here willing to feed from the table of life. Oh, let me drink from the fountain that flows from Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, that the deep desire of our heart, Father, we want to feed with the spiritual manna, Father, the spiritual bread that came from heaven, we want to feed upon the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Precious Heavenly Father, we have realized that only the food in this time, the food that has been given to us, eagle's food, can give us strength, Father, to live above the things of Laodicea. Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you have opened our eyes and our heart, Father, to see what you are doing in this age and in this time, Father. Lord, we come willing, our hearts open, Father, to hear from you. May you speak to our heart, Father, what we have in store for us, Father. Before the foundation of the world, we will, you knew that we will come on this day and we need, Father, something to help us to grow spiritually. Father, may the Holy Spirit speak and may the Holy Spirit hear also, Father. We don't want any man to have the preeminence. We want Christ and only Christ to have the preeminence. Father, we glorify your name. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the atmosphere that has been created. We thank you for each leak of fire that came, Father, Lord, to be united. Lord, we want you to have the preeminence. Forgive us where we fail, Father. We want, Lord Jesus Christ, to give you a, a, a pleasant service that will be, Lord, pleasant to you this evening, Father. Be with us for the remainder of the service. Every need, Father, that is represented by each person here and those who are streaming, Father, you are still Jehovah Jara, still Jehovah Rapha. May you answer to their need, Father, and also meet that need. We love you and appreciate you and commit ourselves to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, musicians. God bless you. Thank you. Greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and uh, to fellowship together around the revealed word of the hour. Amen. Amen. Certainly, we have been blessed during the weekend. It was, a, it was a blessing for me. It was a blessing for you, I'm sure. Thank God for visiting us and May God bless his servant, Brother Kai. We thank the grads, thank Brother Ed, thank the pastor for inviting the man of God also to speak to us and making us part of that great celebration. Amen. God bless you richly. I invite you to go to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 3. Familiar scripture, but now take it a little bit on the subject this evening. I would like to talk on the Christianity versus idolatry and the thoughts of the prophet that he preached in that message, 1961. And uh, it's not maybe going to be a jumping message, but I just want to emphasize on a few things here, as the prophet has mentioned as well. I have a little bit of echo. I don't know if it's uh, myself or my voice or, or only myself. But um, not an echo, but just my word. My voice sounds strange. Um, Daniel 3, 16, 19, and then 24, 25. That's, that's better. Thank you. The word of God says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, 
old Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and, and the form of his vis visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, therefore he spoke and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more that it was, that was wont to be heated. Then we're going to jump to 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spoke and said unto his counsel, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the sun of God. May God bless his word. Amen. I believe those scriptures still can be applied to our lives and our time today. Amen. You can have your seat. So like if I have to borrow some of the words of the prophet, the prophet says, I would like to enlighten you to know and to make you a better soldier in the field that we are fighting in now to learn the tactics of the enemy so that you can block everything before it gets to you. That's the main thing, is to learn to keep the punches off of you as much as you can in Satan's Eden. The sound this evening, by the way, sound negative, but I don't want to sound it negative. I want it to be a way to enlighten some of the tactics of the enemy so that you can keep the punches off of you as much as you can. Because the enemy will always come and try to punch you, try to put you down, and try to do certain things. But you as a Christian, by God's grace, we have received the word of life that has given us the light to enlighten certain things and to know what the tactic of the enemy and what he's trying to do in our lives, what he's trying to do in our, in our families, what he's trying to do in our marriages, what he's trying to do with our brothers and sisters. Amen? And we want to avoid them. That's why we thank God that God has given us the message with the revelation. Amen. Satan hates revelation, but we love revelation. He hates revelation because revelation exposes him. Revelation exposes him, and once the Satan is exposed, he becomes powerless. You know, revelation gives you strength. It is your strength, but there is also two hands, two hands to the revelation. The revelation, once you realize it, it gives you strength, but it also, it exposes the enemy. So sometimes you have to speak things so that the enemy is exposed and becomes powerless. Sometimes you have to expose and speak a revelation or talk about revelation so that the bride knows her position and she can stand her own position and knowing what the word is saying about her. Amen? The enemy is like a roaring lion. Once you see him attacking from far, he has lost the battle. If you look a little bit of how the lion is trying to attack a little bit the deer or other things, once they find him and know him and detect him from far away, that lion has lost that has lost that hunting. He cannot fight on that because he knows that from that distance he cannot catch. Amen. Now what we have also to do as a roaring lion, you need to see his deceit. You need to see how he's coming. You need to see his pressure. You need to see the thing that he's trying to put on you so that you take your guard and you stay fortified behind the word of God. Amen. Amen. Prophet said, but you see the deceitful of the enemy. We've never had a day like this we're now living. It's the most cunning, deceitful day. When I see that it brings this, that the Christian has to be more on his toe today than he ever was in any age. 
Amen. We realize it and we see it. Then we realize that the Christian has to be on his toe. He's not to walk a walk as a picnic, a walk of relax, a walk of no, everything's fine or everything. No, you need to be on your toes. You need to be in prayer. You need to be in the Word of God. As we heard on Sunday, it really touched me much. We need to, we need to be engaged with the Word of God. You need to have a relationship with the Word of God. You need to be into the Word of God. Amen. God wants ragged Christians. God wants ragged soldiers. God wants those who are standing upon the word of truth. You look into Revelation 13:4. You wonder the Bible I didn't put that to read, but you wonder the Bible says they will be worshiping. They will be worshiping. They will be worshiping. They will be worshiping the beast. They will be worshiping the beast or the image of the beast. Well, actually, but they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? You wonder sometimes how is it possible that people will come to the point of worshiping the beast? They start worshiping the beast because they don't have the revelation of who the beast is, who the image of the beast is, who the dragon is. Amen. But we thank God by the word of God we can know the cunningness of the enemy and avoid it. Amen. I'm not going to go into revelations, but I just want to put you a picture there so you understand. The cunning part is that people think that they worship God while they are worshiping Satan. Isn't that strange? People think that they're worshiping God as they are worshiping Satan right there. The prophet says in Satan's even the God of this evil today, the worshiped people of this world today is Satan. And the people are ignorant of worshiping Satan, but is Satan impersonating himself as the church? See, as the church, the worship Satan, thinking that they're worshiping God through the church, but it's the way Satan has done it. Or you say, wait a minute, we preach the word. You back here in my text tonight, Satan is Eden. Amen. Oh, Lord, may you give us grace. Amen. We know that it doesn't apply to the bride, but it's better, it's better to learn how to avoid the punches. Amen. We are living in a time, and I've been struck by the word of the prophet that is comparing the time of, of Daniel is the time of the dispensation. How the time of Daniel, how the dispensation of the Gentiles, the way it started, that's the way it's going to end. The word studied is by worshiping an image and it's going to end by worshiping an image. It's going to be idolatry at the beginning. It's going to be idolatry at the end. But there will be some Daniels there. There will be some Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We are not going to bind to the images. We are not going to bind to your God and to your images. And if you look at the scripture, they are not only mentioning, they are going to bow to this image, but it's by mentioning, we are not going to bow, we are not going to bow rather, we are not going to bow to your gods and your images. So it was not only that even they have a lot of gods, but no matter what the gods, kind of gods you have, we are not going to bow to them and we are not going to bow to this image even you put there. The Hebrew had to refuse to bow to it. Daniel himself had to refuse to bow to his own image. The prophet said that image, it was an image of a saint person. It was the image of Daniel himself. You look a little bit further there. Daniel chapter 2, 41. Just before the chapter... Then Daniel requested of the king and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. You will see that. So Daniel asked them, those to ask to the king favor for his own friends. And the own friends came there and Daniel was a different place. But they put that image in front, the image of Daniel, the own friend, the one who asked favor for them, the one who has done great things for them. But they look at the image, they say, they look at the image and they realize, even though it's the image of a, of a prophet, even though it's the image of our friends, even though the image of a person who has done so great favor to us, we are still not going to bow to it. We will stay with the word of God. Because men will pass, but the word of God will stand forever. May God give us more Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel didn't have, he, didn't, he refused to bow to his own image. We refuse to bow to our own righteousness. 
We refuse to bow to our own understanding. We refuse to bow to our own works. We are relying only on the blood of Jesus Christ. We are relying only on the bleeding word. We are relying only on the Lamb of God. Look in the Libyan Genesis here. Cain relied on his own works. He thought that God dwelt in his beauty. He didn't want the blood sacrifice. Amen. He came there and offered the fruits and the field of the field of the beauty unto the altar. He was very religious, done everything exactly like Abel done, but he didn't have the revelation of the word of God. Amen. He didn't have the revelation of the power of the blood. He didn't have revelation of where the original sin was from. Amen. But but Cain came there and he was trying to emphasize on his own works, on his own things on his own thing that he is trying to do. I would say he was trying to boast on his own image. He was trying to boast on his own character. But, but Abel realized, it's not my, it's not me, it is the lamb. It is what God has provided. It's still Jehovah Jireh, the one who provided the lamb for Adam and Eve. is the one that I'm coming to with this lamb. And I want to be identified to this lamb as I'm laying my hands on this lamb. Oh, Lord Jesus, oh, God, forgive me, amen. That's the attitude of the Christian, that's the attitude of the bride. You come identifying with the Lamb, identifying with Christ, giving him all the glory. As we heard on Sunday, oh, praise be to God. May God give us revelation of Calvary. The blood is still our shield. Cain was the son of the evil one, the serpent seed. He just manifested what was in his father. We know Lucifer, as we read in Isaiah 14, it says, 14, 12 or 13, But thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of, of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. You see the attitude of the enemy, the attitude of Satan is always coming, coming high, coming high. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. It will be everything is about him. This is not just a mythical scripture. Or we apply to far away like, you know, so it was before the foundation of the world. So Lucifer has lost that attitude, and that's only for him and everything. He's still working to try to put that attitude on people. He's still working to put attitude on believers. He's still trying to put that attitude on Christians. The prophet says that the enemy, had, he has succeeded in carrying out his threat. He has certainly had a marvelous success in carrying out his threat by the people, letting him explain away in every age the value of God's promises, promised word to that age. He has, he has, he has fulfilled almost, almost his threat by putting people, by explaining them the value of God's promised word to that age. Sometimes we let people explain the value of the word. They explain it away, they explain away the value of the promised word for our age. They give like, like the brother, oh, sorry, I'm almost preaching the same message, but it's just when something touches you, you keep feeling everything of it, then you just you just say it. <laughs> so bear with me if I repeat everything that the brother is saying, but just good. Amen. So sometimes many different things, but we, we need to keep our focus on what is important for our age. We need to understand the Bible is so many, the Bible contains so many truths, and we still believe the whole Bible. But the prophet came and pointed the light for the things that we need specifically on our age and the importance of how we need to rely on it. Amen. And people can let it explain away the value of the promised word for your age. You remember, if you realize, you have to realize this if someone is explaining you away, 
the explaining away the value of the word of God, it means he's elevating something else. In order to reduce the value, it means he's elevating something else. By God's grace, you need to discern that spirit. You need to discern what is behind it. You must not devalue the word of God. You must not devalue the importance of the word of God. And sometimes not only someone explaining that to you, it can be your own mind explaining that to you. Sometimes we fight and we have to fight because it is the greatest battle ever thought happens in our mind. It's trying to devalue the importance of the word. Oh, this is, this is okay. You know, this is applied to another age. Or this doesn't apply to you. You know, your situation is a little bit different. You know, set, I don't think a God can give you victory over that thing because it's a little bit, your situation is a little bit harder. You need to tell the enemy, this is no matter, it's not a matter of my situation. The word of God stands for all situations. By his stripes, I'm here. I'm, bo- I'm bound to receive the Holy Ghost. I will be living above Laodicea. Nothing can, can stop me from going into the rapture. You need to fight what the enemy is giving to you by you standing upon the word of truth. Coming back to Lucifer here, the passage of Lucifer that's striking here is his arrogance. That's why God hates arrogance. He hates pride. Satan wanted to be exalted. His attitude is to be exalted, but the attitude of God was to come down. He wanted to come at a lower level. He wanted to come at level so that we can come at his level. Amen. But the attitude of the enemy is everything is about him. Everything is about him. You see the characteristics of a man of sin in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4. It says he was exalting himself above God and he wanted to be worshipped. Thank you, brother. He wanted to be worshipped. So the attitude I will emphasize again of I will, anything that is about I, it is a spirit of idolatry. Right there is the spirit of idolatry. The spirit of the age is high-minded, arrogant, pride. It is a spirit of idolatry. But for the bride, it's not about us. It is about him. He is the center of our life. Amen. The prophet will give this declaration in the Christianity versus idolatry. Now in my travel, I have noticed that idolatry has not changed. Neither has true Christianity changed. Well, thank God that true Christianity has no change. I still like that whole religion, all-time religion. And he continues, says, they both hold their places and will, and will until the coming of the Lord Jesus. Idolatry is not something of the past. It is just changing form. True Christianity is also not something only from the past. You just need to find the original faith, the original seed. We need to contend for the faith that was once given to the saints. Amen. The same way as Brother Maxwell brought it, the same way, the same original faith. Amen. Just staying upon it. Amen. The ways we see coming away from the original faith, coming away from the original faith, it is bringing you, bringing a person into idolatry. The prophet will say again in the message, are you still with me this evening? Says in the message here, Christianity versus idolatry, paragraph 145, let every man's word be a lie and every spirit be a lie and God's word be the truth. God's word is first. What's the trouble today? They have so many revelations and false things. It's prostrating, it's prostrating themselves out there and opening up their heart to devils instead of staying with God's word. That's where the trouble lays. That's what the matter. People honest, sincere, good people. But you can't tell. We can't tell them, well, we believe this as Pentecostal people. We believe this as the Baptist people. Denominationalism is idolatry. Denominationalism is right there, idolatry. As we heard on Sunday, we don't want to become message Baptist, Baptist Presbyterian, Methodist Pentecostal. We want to become the bride of Jesus Christ. We don't want to open up to anything of the enemy. We want just the word of God. Amen. Because once you open up anything, it becomes...
becomes idolatry. You know, in the Bible, Moses calls idolatry a great sin. There are only very few places in the Bible where, where you can see that expression, great sin. One of them is when it's called about idolatry, it calls great sin. Exodus 32, 31. It means it's a serious sin. Eve could not fail unless she left the fortified refuge of the word of God and she fell into idolatry. Let me tell you, idolatry has different forms. How many will be interested to find and to see some of the forms of idolatry here? It comes in the form of wisdom, in the form of signs. The world today is dedicating themselves to the knowledge which came by Satan and man's days glorified not by the word of God, but by the knowledge that it has. Now think that the prophet said, let that soak in. When you play this step back on this point here, stop for a while and think. Stop for a while for it to soak and think. Oh, knowledge, science is the way that the enemy is trying to use to put himself in front of and to elevate himself above the word of God. That listen to that tape, you point there and you stop and you think about it. His works are exalted above God's word and manifested works, the wisdom of Satan, which he gave to Eve at the beginning. Now listen, don't miss this. The wisdom of Satan is exalted to the throne of worship in man above the vindicated word of God for the hour. You know, a simple test sometimes, sometimes, may God forgive me, but I have to just to be open with you. Sometimes you read, you listen, Brother Banham, and he says, he says an expression like this, he says, in the time of Noah, they were more developed in science than we are. You kind of, oh, I've been taught, I've been taught from school, from school, from school, that it was the old age, and now they're growing, we have become better and better, 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 better. But you know, you need the washing of the word of God. It's not about science, it's about the word of God. Only the prophet could go in that age and see what was happening and it comes to a time. And you cannot argue with a prophet, amen? You have to put science above and say, the word is right. What he's saying is the absolute, amen? Oh, praise be to God. And let me tell you, I thank God that Brother Banham, when the, the pillow fire was, was photographed, there was no Photoshop. Because if there was Photoshop, there would be so many doubts, or there was something is in purpose and anything. We thank God that science was not developed that much. But let me know, even though there was, even if there were Photoshop, the bride will still believe that that's the word of God. You look in the, in the just certain things, even in, between believers, you don't, you don't, you can't even say exactly. You 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 are doubting how the other believer is going to take it. Say, so, oh, about the cloud, it becomes something. You know, ah, don't touch that. It's so controversial. It's not controversial. It's the word of God. The prophet says it. You just continue says, Amen. But sometimes we try to analyze so many things. Remember again, idolatry is science, is knowledge, is reasoning. It's trying to put according to your own reasoning. Just say what the word says and move on. The church is like in the condition of Hayab with the Jezebel religion. Jezebel married for political reasons. But she brought idolatry from the country where she came, and she brought that idolatry into the kingdom of Israel. She was different from Ruth. She was different from Rehab. Ruth and Rehab, they, they rejected their own religion, and they, 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 they purpose in their heart, they purpose in their heart, I will follow your God. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. But Jezebel was a different attitude. It was attitude, I'm coming the way I am, and I'm not changing. I'm going to bring my own idols and bring them into Israel. I'm not going to into Jezebel, but just to, to, I want to point you here. 
We don't hear too many things happening around Rome nowadays. We just many things, you know, what's happening and this. You don't see like, you think like Rome is not working. Rome is still working underneath. Jezebel is still working underneath. Because how do you know that it's still working underneath? Because the word of God says so. The light of the word of God came and it pointed and says, you don't need to, to struggle to think about Russia or different things. Look at Rome. That's where the enemy is. Amen. Praise be to God. Jezebel and the image of the beast are now heading to a climax. Don't think that people will worship the beast and the image only during the tribulation period. It is already starting now. The world is heading to a climax. Why? The spirit of law, lawlessness, moral decay, scientific religion has led to the cage of every hateful and unclean bird, as the Bible says. It is the God of this evil age. Amen. Jezebel brought religion, like I say, he brought idolatry into Israel. By the good news, there was Elijah in the land. Elijah had to restore the altar. Elijah had to give the showdown. Either you worship the other God or you worship the Almighty God. Let the God that will respond with fire be the true God. We thank God we have received the God who has responded with fire. Amen. He has changed our life. He has changed our missions. He has changed our purposes. He has changed our heart. Amen. He has restored our family life. Praise be to God. The prophet will give a principle about idols. I think I read it, but... Opening your hearts to spirit. It says, Christianity versus idolatry. They worship devil in doing so, worshiping a mad total, thinking it was the rain God. They brought spirit upon them, sure, because they opened their hearts to it. It was the wrong spirit. So many people today are opening their hearts to do the wrong thing. You know, it's just pointing to the wrong thing. So the key is not, oh, this is the, you, you, if, if, I bring, if, if I bring a statue here and I'm saying, you know, we have to worship that statue, you say, but brother Moses, that, uh, nobody will do that. You'll just identify it and say, oh, no, that's not what we're talking about. But here, the principle of an idol is you open yourself to a wrong thing. Once you open it to the wrong thing, it's a wrong spirit. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to you avoid some punches. Amen. But sometimes we open up to the wrong thing. Let me just check this thing and see what they're talking about. When you already by the spirit, you can detect that this is a wrong thing. Why you want to click on that wrong thing? I don't want to open up to any wrong thing. You get the spirit all right, but many times it contradicts the word saying... The days of miracles is past, or there is no such a thing as this or that. Remember that the devil under the disguisement of Christianity. God help us when we get down into this in, in after a bit. Then you see it. See it, that it's a naval spirit in the disguisement of Christianity. But it is in the spirit of Christ because the spirit of Christ comes to the word every time. It can't deny his own word. And I like that principle because, because the kind, it's not the kind of idol. It's just this, the, the thing, the wrong things. If you open up to it, that's the right, that's where is the problem right there. So people are idol worshippers without knowing it. Be certain of God, the prophet says, we may not think that we, we may not think that we are idol, a worshipper, but we are. And the government endorses it. People today are idol worshippers because they worship idols. Some of them worship movie stars for idols. Some worship money for idols. We have to run here, run here, run here. The love of money is the root for all evil. It is an idol. Some worship television stars as idols. But all that you put before God is an idol. Let it be whatever it may be. 
If you put something in front of God, it becomes an idol. Even to Satan, our great adversary is such a smart one until he even puts sometimes the church before God. You might have a great church. It might be a great building. It may be a great denomination. Again, it may be a great congregation. But let nothing come before God. Let me let what the prophet is trying to emphasize here. It has to become a personal relationship between you and God. Don't let anything come to blur that relationship between you and God. Because if anything becomes between you and God, it's an idol. It's a spirit of idol idolatry. You're opening up yourself to a wrong thing. But again, but let nothing come before God in your heart, in your heart. Anything in before God is an idol. And these people knew that they weren't spiritual like they used to be under the reigns of other kings. He's talking about Herb. And they thought just because he was a religious nation that everything will be all right. And that's the way we have come to a place sometimes. And I like when he's backing up in another, in another court and thirsting for life. He says, back over here to my right. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young man. That's good. God bless you. And I says, have you just tried to satisfy that with yes? Well, I'll go downtown and buy new clothes. You need, maybe you, knew, you need new clothes. That's legitimate. But when you just make that your idol how you, how, of how you must be so speak or span all the time, Maybe it's your home, maybe it's something else that's taken the place of that thirst and calling. I like the way it's putting, if it's not only about something, but if it's something takes away the thirst for God, the calling for God, the thirst for God, it becomes an idol. It ought to be God. God is that satisfying portion. Amen. Oh, praise be to God. Praise be to God. Even a good thing like your hair can become an idol. Even a good thing that you, that, that just, it's a good thing, but if it takes the place of God, it becomes an idol. Remember God healed Israel and he took the brazen serpent and he put there and it was a sign. But it was not that should take the emphasis for Israel. But Israel started giving gift to that, to, to that, to that, to that brazen serpent and it became an idol. And God had to, had to rebuke them. That's not the focus there. Your focus is not any other thing but God. Amen. Oh, praise be to God. The prophet said, let every other thing be secondary, even your home, your husband, your wife, your children. Whatever it may be, put it second. Bless God first. You say, Brother Balaam, over my children, over anything, bless God first. Let him be first. Amen. Sometimes the struggle that we have is to wonder, how can I know that it's God's place? How can I know that something has taken God's place? I do not know something is taking God's place. Let me give you a hint here. It, if it starts exalting itself above God's words, it's taking God's place. Think about it, Elijah. Just think about it. Oh, just struck my heart. Elijah came to that woman, the widow of Sarepta. He came there and he asked her, you know, Give me first. Beg for me first. Beg for me first, and then you'll take care of your child after that. You know, it can be a good court. Oh, I have to put God first. I have to put God first. But sometimes when you are going through a struggle, you think about it, huh? But God will understand that I will take care first of this. And when it comes to the point where you start struggling, God will understand. God will understand. Just pause yourself. Am I putting God first? Am I putting God first? If it's God's word, always stand with God's word. Go bake me a cake first. The good thing is, 
Indeed, the barrel never got empty. The God of Elijah is still here if we give God the first place. Sometimes he might bring you to the last point where you feel so desperate, but never give up. Like it was for Shadrach, Abednego, it was came to the last place that they had to throw them into the fire. God was there. God will always wait for you, always be there, no matter the circumstances. How many, so many times people lose the point of losing God's place? It's because of pressure. When people think that God cannot deliver them, when the pressure of society comes upon them, when different times comes upon them and they lose to they lose God's first place. Let me encourage you this evening, the fourth man will always be with you. Even in the fiery furnace, the fire will not have any power over your bodies. <laughs> Amen. The fire will not have power over your body. Not even one iota of your hair will be touched. As the Bible says, we are reckon that the suffering of the present time cannot be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Let me encourage you, every trial is bringing you to recognize the glory of God in your life. Let the glory of God be manifest in our life. Never give up because he will never forsake you. He will never leave you. Amen. As I said earlier, I'm rushing on the time, but I still have a lot of time here. He says, as I said earlier, Lucifer wants to exalt himself, not just in the air, even though he's the prince of the air, but more specifically in people's mind, in people's heart. He wants to exalt himself on, on Zion's mountain. He wants to exalt himself above the bride. In other words, he wants to make the bride, he wants to make the church of God look warm. But let me tell you, the word of God is exposing the devil. <laughs> Is exposing the devil so that it becomes powerless. In the bride, the Christ shall always have the full preeminence. Luther, Luther, Lucifer might come to you in your mind through a crisis and trying to try to occupy your mind. And sometimes, you know, we go through crisis and we all go through crisis. But then our minds so got bottled through because you, you want to solve that. You want to solve that. You want to solve And we should solve some of the things God has given us by God's grace is wisdom. But sometimes it's good to relax. Just put Selah. God, give me your mind. Because we have the opportunity. We have received the mind of Christ. The cloud that has come here, it's not just come for a picture. It comes so that we can have the mind of Christ. God, in the situation that I'm going through, give me your mind. Let, may you lead me. May you guide me, Father. It shouldn't preoccupy too much of my mind. Let my mind stay on you. Lucifer might come in the form of other distractions. As social media and new channels and news and different things. But let Christ continue to have the preeminence. The devil wants you and I to mind him. He did the same thing to Jesus. He came to the time where he was in a weak spot and he gave him propositions. Look at that arrogant spirit trying to give proposition to the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship me. Just look at that. How dare he tell the Lord Almighty worship him? Amen. But don't think that it's only something from the past there. It's something that is around us. How you worship me by the things, worshiping me by the mind where you put, worship me by the focus where you are. No, I want the mind of Christ. Take what the prophet says. Talking about Christianity and Versus idolatry. This quote is rather in the, how can I overcome? It says, a man gets hungry, he can do almost anything. He'll still rob, beg, borrow anything. He had that appetite that was this weak spot of Jesus. That's also my weak spot. <laughs> Satan used his first great measure assault upon him to take his power that he had been given to overcome with and use it on himself. He didn't use it on himself. No, he used it on others. That's right. He used it on others, not himself. It wasn't for him. Though he could have done it, he certainly could have done it. But see how the devil gets. The devil wants you to mind him. 
He minded only what the Father said, do. Amen. I'll just jump here to save some time. Though he could have done it, he didn't do it. He never said heed. He never paid heed to certain proposition. Though he could have done it, he didn't do it. He never paid heed to certain proposition. I'm repeating myself here. Here is a good thing. Sometimes Satan can take you, and when you think you are doing the will of God and can make you a proposition, you'll fall for it. Yes, sir. He sure can. But let's just take, for instance, like your sisters. They are pretty, but he can get you to a place that you let your hand hair grow out you didn't realize it looked so nice on you and the first thing you know you get kind of feeling a little stuck up a little above something else some of you men you know what I mean and then he can take that same thing and proposition it with you amen that's right you got to overcome that just remember you are living for God you have one objective that Jesus Christ. Outside of that, there is nothing else count. That's him. Then secondly, for your family. Then thirdly, for yourself. First for God. Next for your family. Next for you. You're number three. At the end of the road, put yourself last. Amen. 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 Wonderful. I'm not wonderful in myself. I'm wonderful little prophet. Amen. But we won't like to be like Daniel's friend. We are not going to bow to neither to the gods nor to the image. No matter what the form of idolatry, the, the idolatry that the devil tries to come into, we are determined, we are purposed in our heart to def- not to defile our bodies. In Samuel 15, 23, the Bible says, that Samuel said, had the Lord as great delight on burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the word. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a thing of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity as an idolatry because I has rejected the word of the Lord, he had also rejected thee from being king. Saul thought that he had, he could give different excuses in offering the spoil of what he got. He could give the rams and the oxen and the sheep as a sacrifice to Jehovah. While the commandment of God was so explicit that you have to destroy all the Amalekites and everything that they possess, but he found the excuse and God is rebuking you. Remember to obey is better than all of those things. And rebellion is as witchcraft and stubbornness is as idolatry. Oh, may God remove any stubborn spirit. Sometimes we struggle with a stubborn spirit. It is a form of idolatry. To be stubborn is to be tough, to be stiff. You don't want any change. May God be merciful to us to change us. Because the prophet says the gold is malleable. It can be flexible. It has to be flexible. We have to follow the word of God. God, whatever you lead, I will follow you. I don't want to be stubborn in my own way and statue on my own way. If you want me to do certain things, let me rely myself on you, not on my own understanding. Amen. God, remove any stubborn spirit. Make us flexible to you. God has got a remedy for sin. Sometimes it's because we are too stubborn our own way. But if I do this, people receive it. If I do this, but it's not about other people. It's God between you and God. Because God has a remedy for your situation. He has a remedy for my situations. Amen? Amen. God's got joy unspeakable for the believer. He's got power unlimited for the believer. He's got healing, salvation. He's got glory. He's got goodness. He's got mercy. But if the subject refuses or is stubborn to receive the remedy of God, then the remedy to get rid of all this hatred and malice, then don't blame God because it's laying right at your fingers, Steve. <laughs> I want to be flexible, Lord. I'm just going to hear, keep skip one quote of the stubborn spirit of prophet. I just want to get something here. Colossians 3 5. Mr. Brother can put that to me for me says, modify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, ordinate affection, evil conspicence, and covetous, which is idolatry. To be covetous is inordinately or wrongly desirous of wealth and possession and greedy. It is the character of the last days. 
You know, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. They shall be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, thankful, unthankful, unholy. The Bible is encouraging us, you know, godliness with contentment is great gain. Sometimes we get caught up in Laodicea, but looking for here, looking for never being satisfied by what you have. You still want more, you still want more, you still want more, you still want more. Remember, it is a idolatry. It is the spirit of idolatry. Just be content with God gives you. Amen. You have to improve your life for sure. But remember, if it's taking in the way of God, you have to put it aside because your, your, your purpose is to try to invest in the things that have eternal value rather than things that are temporary. The things that you don't see, that are things that are eternal. The things that you see are only temporary. Amen. May God help us to invest in the things that are eternal. Our identification is in Christ. Identification is not on the material on the thing that we see on the side. Our identification is in Christ. Amen. Every time the prophet, is not a coincidence, but every time the prophet that is preaching one of the messages, three times he preached that message, identification of Christ, is preaching that scripture, let not your conversation be without covetousness. Let your conversations be without covetousness. Remember, it's not your identification, it's not the things of the world. The identification is in Christ. You are him, amen. The bride is the manifestation of Jesus Christ himself. It's Christ in the bride form, amen. Oh, am I losing you? No. no. Colossians 3.10. But have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Instead of worshiping dead idols, God wants us to become his image. Because we in his image, a living image of the living God... When you surrender yourself to God and God comes into you, what does it make you? The prophet answered that question is a living image of God. Not a dead statue set in the corner, not a denomination up in the headquarters of Washington, at the Washington in the, in the confederation of churches. That's a dead statue, a dead statue and a dead creed, but a living image in the individual. God wants to use your feet. He wants to use my feet. He wants to use the potential he put in each one of us. He wants to be a living image of the almighty living God. Amen. He wants he want, he want to use us for his glory. Amen. Amen. Christianity versus idolatry. We are made partakers of his holiness. Paragraph 191. We in his image, we are living images of a living God. Then dead to self, raised with him. Now listen. His word made flesh again in us. Oh, brother, never look. What is it? Not the mythical, imaginary God sitting out there, but the living God. What is the living God? The word in you making itself real. We want the word of God to make itself real. That's why we come to church. That's why you stay in the word of God. That's why you stay in prayer. You want the word of God to become real. God, I want your word to become real. Not only in the theology, not only the knowledge, but I want the reality of the word of God. I want my life to be changed. I want my ambitions to be changed. I want my desires to be changed. I want to be a new creature in you, Father. I don't want to be static. I want to be progressive. I want to walk with the purifier. I want to walk where you lead me. I want to be flexible, Lord. A living God made manifest in a living temple. Few glory to God. Oh, I know you think I'm a holy roller. Maybe I am, but oh, brother, do you see? Triumph over every denomination, over every paganism. A living God made manifest in a living temple and the word of God, which is God, is made flesh in you. Why? You are sitting in heavenly places, Triumph over all things in Christ Jesus. And of God, Christ is identified in you and in me. When we realize that we are living temple of the living God, brothers and sisters, each demon has to be under our feet. Yeah. Brother Banam, you might say, Brother Banam, I'm the least of one that the soles of your feet. Amen. But remember, he is triumphant with you, triumphant with you over every bit of it. Even you are the soles of his feet. Even you are the soles of his feet. Every sickness, every devil, every power, every death, it 
itself is under your feet, under you. I was just reading that quote that someone shared with me. Of, uh, he came across, resist the devil in every circumstances. He brings you a package of the rattlesnakes, you reject it. You have to reject it because you know who you are standing. And that quote, the bottom one says, you shall not bow to any images. Don't let anything try to portray a certain image before you or you are sick or you are this or you cannot overcome over this. Don't bow to that images. You are a son of God. You have to stand on the word of God. Amen. Don't bow to any image that the devil will try to portray and display in front of you. You are Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego of the modern time. Amen. Every sickness. If I can just get this church to see that brother will be a triumphant church. Believers in him and all evil under him. I'm going to check up a power. I'm going to check up a little start again the next time. He says, Brother Banham, I have no power. Brother Banham said, neither do I. I don't have any power. But, well, Brother Banham, I'm a weakling. Weakling. I so am I, but I'm not depending on my strength. On my, it isn't my strength. I'm depending on my authority, my authority given to me. It's not me strong. I'm not strong. He's strong. Amen. I am his. Amen. Not rely on yourself. Like I said at the beginning, the devil again was the one who was relying on himself. When I look at the Cain, I was like, how come some people have still a first name, Cain? It's a wrong name. Don't rely on your own strength. Rely on his strength. If you stay relying on your own strength, it is a spirit of idolatry that God is trying to put you on. It's not you. It is him. Amen. I'll try to go to this. Then we'll be closing. 1 Corinthians 10, 7. And I like this quote. I keep telling my wife whenever I came across that because I, it came a kind of my thought. First Corinthians 10, 7. The prophet's reading this in the book of the Corinthians book of correction. It said, Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Then the prophet makes this comment. I thank God. Oh, you say, paragraph 125, book of Corinthians, Oh, you say, I thank God I'm not an idolater. Wait just a minute. Let's examine it by the word. You say, I wouldn't worship an idol. That doesn't altogether mean you worship an idol. You just have to be idle, doing nothing. That's powerful. You just idle, doing nothing. You're an idolater. Oh, I'm so bored. I have nothing to do. Idolater. Oh, what can I do here? I'm home here. I've checked here. Because I don't have anything to do, let me just play games and things. Idolater. A Christian must not be idle. You need to have something to do. Continue this quote. So it becomes like an, oh, what are you doing? Nothing. Idolater. <laughs> so, yeah. she, I'm, 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 I'm creating problems for myself, but... says, go to church. Yeah, that's all right. Go back home. Do nothing about it. Brother, a real born-again man or woman can't stand still. Yeah. There is something in them. You've, they've got to testify. They've got to do something. They, they, they are bound to do something. They can't hold their peace. Amen. You can't just be an idol stick in the house of God. You have something to do. You can pray. You can read. You, can, you don't know. Sometimes we don't realize the power that God has given us when we kneel down and we pray. When we have to leave the thought of someone, you pray. You don't know the power, that, 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 the power behind that prayer. Amen. But if you don't, we start a little bit. Just go a little bit. Brother, brother Ed, I think you mentioned that. You just go read the power of prayer. That God has given us the power of prayer that Brother Darrell preached. There is power behind prayer. Amen. It is the greatest weapon God has given us. Amen. Pray. Don't be idle. 
Don't because when you're idle, something, the devil will try to fill up your time with something else. You need to make yourself busy with something that is useful. Amen. If you don't find something used in the word of God, remember when you lose that thirst, it's a checkpoint. The prophet says, as we heard that, you need to stop and think, God, I don't want that spirit of idolatry. I want you to have the preeminence. Bear with me. Just let's read this. It says, Then also we have a home life crisis. It seems that home life is running out, lifting him up out of history 58. It seems like home life is running out into shallow water. It used to be in a home that father, the head of the house, will sit down over morning and he will speak with his family and they will all take out the whole family Bible and read just a little bit and all gather around the Bible and have prayer. You don't see that no more, but when the day was done, oh my, oh my had the dishes washed and they all gather in and read some more of the Bible and pray before going to bed. Juvenile delinquency certainly was a hard thing to find in them days. The boys all, all went to the fields to work and the girls helped mom with their washing down at the, at the creek. But today we just push a little button and dishes are all done. All that is consequences is making people idle. That's why I'm reading this. People make your idle and give the opportunity to the devil to fill in with something else. If you don't fill in with the word of God, the devil will give you to something to be busy with. Oh my, mom is in the car and gone to the car party and rattling around over the street. And the work is done by tractor and we just don't have nothing, just, just a bunch of lazy, and he says, idle people. Home life is so neglected. We don't want home life to be neglected. As a bride, may God help us to work on our home life once again. Till the Bible is laid up. It says home life is so neglected, the Bible is laid back till they have to hunt for an hour to find one in so many homes in America. They go to church on Sunday morning for their religion for about 20 minutes, and you go out the, it goes on. But let just a reminder here. We don't want to avoid the punch of the enemy. God help us to have the right spirit and the mind of Christ. Close a little bit on the positive thing here. The women of the world, the purpose was to quicken the predestinated seed. Musician can come. Do you love the Lord? Amen. Amen. The women of the world, the purpose was to quicken the predestinated seed to recognize the Messiah and to come to the true worship. We thank God that the message come so that the predestinated seed can be quickened and recognize the Messiah in our time. And now that we have recognized, we have to come to the true worship. The only place of worship is in Christ Jesus. The only Jesus Christ worship the Father was in him. Don't worship an image of historical Jesus. That's good, but that's not enough. Let God be in you. Let you worship him in you. Amen. As Paul could say, no one could call Jesus by the, by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I encourage you, let the Holy Spirit be in you and let you worship Christ inside of you. Amen. What is your prayer, Lord Jesus Christ? The same way that we saw the first dispensation, the first dispensation of Gentiles started. Is, sorry. It started with the image of the uh, worship of an image, worship of an image. But then we saw also in the first dispensation of the Gentiles there that we saw that, the, that stone coming down and it came and it broke all the kingdoms. It broke all the idols. Let the capstone that came down, let him break all idols in our heart. Break anything that is trying to elevate above the word of God. Let the capstone come and destroy all the kingdoms. Let Christ rise, the Messianic, the Messiah kingdom himself rise inside of our heart. Amen. Each kingdom of the statute was trying to display a certain image. It was great empire, great kingdom, but they were trying to display a certain image. But those images were fading and were disappearing after a while. Even the kingdom that we are living in now, in the, in the 
cosmos will disappear, but only one kingdom will stay. It will be the kingdom of Jesus Christ. In the natural, but also in our heart, let that kingdom only stay, the kingdom of the Messiah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Oh. I hope I've not been too much negative, but I hope it was just good to wake us up a little bit this time. Lord, you reign and rule. If you can help me with that. Lord, you reign and rule. Reign and rule over me. Lord, Let's stand together. 